Hello, everyone, and welcome into episode 28 of Talking Schmidt. A little bit different intro here, no longer the music overlay on it. Just going to go right into it, tell you what's going on in today's show. Starting off, we have the winner of the Talking Schmidt Fantasy Baseball League, Jared Karkuff, joining me here uh, on the phone. We're going to be talking a little bit about what he saw that was successful for him this season. Also in this show, Jordan McGuffey joins me. We're going to talk a little fantasy football. It's kind of the big thing going on uh, in the sports world right now. Everybody that, obviously, if you can't play sports anymore, fantasy sports is the way to go. So we're going to talk a little bit about fantasy football uh, through the first three weeks. And then my third guest on the show is going to be my good friend, Justin Kleinert, who's going to join me to talk a little bit about what's going on in the NFL as well, uh, who we've liked through three weeks, who's trending up, uh, the good things that we've seen, the bad things that we've seen, and uh, what we expect to see in the upcoming week four. I'm going to have all that and more on today's episode. All right, let's hit that music overlay. All right, everyone, welcome into episode 28 of Talking Schmidt, the long-awaited return of everyone's favorite podcast, and probably not everyone's favorite, but the select few of you that tune in and listen to me each week. Uh, my first guest, as I mentioned in the open here, I have the winner of the Talking Schmidt Fantasy Baseball, the one-time only. You will literally be in the history books, my friend, for Talking Schmidt. Uh, Jared Karkuff, the Iceman. Uh, Jared, we cuff him here. Uh, you cuffed us in the league, and you took the championship home, man. How does it feel to be the first ever and the only ever Talking Schmidt Fantasy Baseball League champion? Hey, it feels pretty good. Um, I told you it would happen, and I didn't realize I was going to dominate that bad, but it was pretty easy, and I guess fun. You know how sometimes it's super easy. It's not even that fun, but I think I had a good time. Yeah, you. Uh, it was it was crazy, man. Like you literally like dominated. You did not lose. Um, you were undefeated all the way to the championship. I mean, like it, it was crazy to think about it. At one point, it was uh, you and my brother were both undefeated, and yeah. then I think my brother lost to John Wilson, who you eventually beat in the championship game. Um, yes, but it was just like, I, I really was wondering. And then like, we played each other the final week of the regular season and there was just like the entire week I was beating you like oh yeah Monday like through it, Monday through Saturday. I was just like, holy cow, this might happen, which then I got to a point where I kind of felt guilty where I was like, man, I don't want to be the guy who gives the blemish to like Jared's <laughs> perfect. Like I want Jared to win the whole thing undefeated. Like what a way to like have it. Um, and then of course on Sunday, you just blew me out of the water. I think you ended up winning by like 90 points. Um, but yeah, what, what do you think like the best strategy was kind of like looking back at it now? Uh, how do you feel like the best strategy for like this shortened season? What do you think worked well for you? For me, it was kind of finding that, uh, rotation of pitchers. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't married to any of them other than Cole. I kept Cole and I kept my relievers and then starting pitchers. I just picked up a starter, hot hand, whatever. Uh, I, I didn't really keep anybody for the whole year. That might have been the issue then because like, I tried to keep like a rotation, if you will, um, and sometimes that bit me pretty hard. Uh, not going to lie. like There were some games like I ended up picking up John Lester later on and then he'd have like two good games and he'd have like two terrible games. And I was like, well, I got to stick with them because I don't want to just like try to find somebody. But – 
And that could have been something that kind of, I think, might have weighed back everybody. It's like they just wanted uh, to have that full pitching staff. Um, yeah. That could have been it. I, I think you might have cracked the cracked the issue with everybody here um, yeah, that, this season. I figured that uh, it gives you, what, 12 starts yeah. a week? And I was like, well, we're only using about six to eight of them. I was like, why not get two extra starts? That could be anywhere from 20 to 50 points there, just from those two pitchers. And then if it was like a closer game, I'd even go for another one and try to get one more start out of it. And uh, it, it ended up working to the first week. So I was just like, hmm, I'm going to try this. And, and nobody figured it out. So I would even drop guys and pick them right back up after and nobody would get them. Yeah, I mean, that's that's actually, uh, now looking back at it, I mean, I probably should have been asking you, but then again, you were the league champion, so you probably didn't need to tell anybody your strategy because we didn't need anybody beating you. Um, <laughs> you know, one of the things that was kind of funny was uh, I was talking with uh, Justin, who's normally on the show with me, and he's going to be on later on in this show. Um, and he, he was like, hey, I think we need to, uh, I think we need to look into Jared because he has the insider information um, as as a former minor leaguer, uh, did you yeah. use any of like kind of your knowledge of like guys that were up and coming that you knew about that maybe like none of us really you know had paid attention to if we weren't like diehard baseball fans of an organization? I mean, did you use any like people that you knew um, could be you know big names or was it pretty much just like knowing I guess baseball in general that helped you? I would say a little bit of both, but definitely had some insider info of guys that I pitched against that I was like, this is an impossible out. And it was just like, not necessarily power or anything like that, but it's like, it was so hard to get these people out uh, that there's no way that they're not going to be successful. And for, I mean, obviously home runs were big in that, but it's more of getting on base. And I knew that like Biggio, he's going to do everything he can to get on base. And he kind of hits for pop. Tatis, I just knew that kid's unreal. Yeah. And uh, I would say my, I guess, sleeper or whatever was Kyle Lewis. And uh, I actually played with him over his summer, and I think he's the best outfielder I've ever played with. And he uh, got a little bit time of time last year, and I just knew that um, he was going to be able to be successful, like no matter if he was a rookie or whatever. So everybody else was just kind of Azuna. He just had that year, and I kind of got lucky with him. Do you have any final thoughts on uh, winning this championship? You've now won two of my fantasy leagues back-to-back. So for those of you who have not been big followers of uh, early on in the shows, Jared and I, we, we've talked about this before on other shows that he's been on. Uh, you actually won the Pros versus Joes uh, this past year for football, and then now you've won Talking Schmidt Fantasy Baseball. You know what is? How does it feel to be king right now? Uh, it's pretty awesome. I'm actually wearing the belt at the moment. I wear it around the house every now and then, <laughs> but especially during this, I wear it. I know we're not on Zoom or FaceTime or anything, but it makes me feel good and important. And, uh, you know, after having to kind of retire, I got to be good at something, right? Yeah. You have the insider information um, <laughs> in apparently both baseball and football. I will say this, though. Can I have one moment here? Uh, the same week that we were oh, taking yeah. each other on in fantasy baseball, we were taking each other on in fantasy football. It was week one, and I got the win there. Like, I have to have oh, that yeah. moment. You me. Yeah, you whipped me in football. That's yeah. for sure. You've propelled me to a 3-0 and record right now in the pros versus Joes. This is the best start I've ever had. I need to knock on some wood here real quick. This is literally <laughs> the best start that I've yeah. had 
in fantasy just football. Just wait till the injury bug gets you. And, and you know what? It's funny because I'll be talking about that in the next segment, uh, and that kind of segues me perfectly into this break here. Uh, uh, um, I have in my other league, in the league that we actually have money on, and I'll be talking about this um, in the next one, I literally lost Saquon Barkley, Raheem Mostert, and George Kittle. So I have literally played bare bones, and I'm two and one in that league right now. Oh so, yeah, no, I have Kittle and Barkley in your league too, in our league. So oh, so you have you I have the injury it. bug here? Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I did. Oh yeah, I I know you said the money thing, but I am expecting my thousand dollar check for winning these two uh, in the mail. Mm. Just let me know when you send it out. Uh, so if you're listening to this and you'd like to sponsor the podcast, this is the best time to be able to do that. So I can send money to uh jerk. I got to get you something. Um, I've been looking at trophies. Uh, it's going to be somewhat, it, it, we won't do the championship belt cause that's pretty synonymous with, uh, pros versus oh, yeah, Joe's. Um, it's going to be something special. Yeah. This is going to be something different. Uh, I've, I've found some pretty fun looking trophies online. So you're probably going to get an actual trophy for winning. I'll take it. That's what I can tell you. That's that's the only information I can tell you is that I found an actual trophy uh, that I'm going to send you. But Jared, man, it's been great getting a chance to talk with you, man. Um, everybody, give a little bit of a life update. How's everything going with uh, with football? How's everything going with uh, you guys? Are still waiting on the little one to arrive, right? Yes, actually, Thursday or I guess the uh, October first is the official date. It's going to happen. Uh, oh, little car cuff. Yeah, little car cuff. She's probably going to be the greatest athlete of all time but you know you never know i mean mom is mom's a stud soccer player probably the most athletic in the family oh Um, definitely i mean i will definitely give her that and then i mean you just played in the minors i mean like no big deal yeah i was a pitcher though we're not athletes right yeah i mean you were just out there uh the greatest story ever before i before i go to break here um jared you were uh you were a reliever at austin p uh, mm-hmm. and it was like, what, the third inning, and Coach McClure is like, Karkuf, get ready, and you didn't even have your cleats on, right? This is a true story? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I love uh, it. Yeah, I was a, I was a back-end guy, so I was like, I'm chilling until the at least the seventh. No cleats on. He decided to go to me early, turfs on, pretending like I was stretching, when really <laughs> I was trying to put my cleats on. <laughs> I think I got away with it. I can't remember. He probably yelled at me. He yelled at me a lot. Oh, goodness. One of the best stories ever. Jared, (laughs) thank you so much, man. Good luck this week, man. We'll keep you in our thoughts and prayers. We'll keep you and uh, your wife and the soon-to-be little car cuff in the prayers as well, man. So thank you so much for joining me, man. I appreciate it. Always enjoy it. All right, everyone. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to be talking a little fantasy football. My guest, Jordan McGuffey, will be joining me to talk about that. Another member of our Pros versus Joe League. Stay tuned. We'll have that and more coming up after the break. What's going on, everyone? Thank you so much for joining me this far into the podcast. Don't forget, you guys can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on Google Play. And you can leave ratings and reviews along the way as well. And don't forget, on social media, at underscore Talking Schmidt on Twitter, and on Facebook, at Talking Schmidt Podcast. All right, let's get back to the action.
All right, everyone, welcome back. As I mentioned in this segment, we're going to be talking a little fantasy football. It's the biggest thing going on right now. Um, it's what people live for when you're sports fans. Fantasy football season is just absolute. Well, football season in general is what everybody looks forward to. But fantasy football season, it's just something that allows you to be so interactive with the NFL season. Um, you either love it or you hate it, but you always love to hate it. My guest at this time, Jordan McGuffey, one of our pros versus Joes. Uh, he was not last year's champion. We had last year's champion on in the first segment, uh, who's also, as I mentioned, the baseball champion. But Jordan McGuffey, you won the title two years ago, uh, two seasons ago, and you broke a streak. It used to be that uh, Tyler Dickerson and my brother were winning on and off for two years, uh, for four years, technically. Um, and then you were able to break that streak. So, Jordan, uh, welcome into the podcast, man. Thanks. Thank you for having me, sir. I know uh, I'm a longtime listener. Uh, second time member I, or guest, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jordan, uh, the reason why I have you on here is because uh, we always pretty much, uh, it's you, me, my brother, uh, and Preston, who we normally t- we're normally texting about fantasy nonstop. Um, you know, we're also in our fantasy Madden League as well, uh, which you were doing a lot better. Uh, you and Preston do a lot better than me and Cody do, but uh, I would like to say in pros versus the Joes, undefeated, a beat Preston. I have to mention that because he was giving me crap all week long, but uh, um, talk a little bit, I guess, about, I mean, we've been in pros versus Joes now. This is uh, season eight, I believe, that we've had this together. Wow, it has been long, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a wild ride. I know the first, I want to say probably the first or second year I was in the Joes League, you know, and I came in second, I believe, and then with that coming in second or beating out all the rest of the Joes, you've done that. You then dug me a an honorary pro. Let's put it that way. So I've been playing with the uh, the real ones, I guess, for the last few seasons, and it's been a remarkable ride. Yeah, we had full the, of uh, roller coaster emotions. We had that. Uh, we had the conference shakeup. Um, I always try to do something. This was the first year I didn't do anything new. Um, for the pros versus Joe League, but normally I try to like do something new. And I think two years ago, uh, the year that you won the championship was when I extended the playoffs to six teams. Uh, and you, was, you yeah. came in as the fifth seed. I came as the sixth seed, and we <laughs> finished one and two from the wild card spots. Yes, and we also finished one and two with a losing record. Yes, Might we add that. Yes. Uh, I thought that was a good. I thought that was a good run. But yeah, we had the shit. We had the uh, the the draft of. Um, I let Tyler and Cody choose who they wanted in their division, um, and they kind of like they actually like. I didn't really think that they'd put too much thought into it, but they literally like went back and like looked at like how people had finished year in and year out, and like picked like the worst teams to be in their division. I was like, that's what I was hoping they would do. But then again, I was oh, like, man, when I got picked like second, I was like, dang, they obviously think I'm not good. <laughs> that means I was probably picked first, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's where I think we were like that point where they were just like, which is funny because like you, like me, you, uh, my brother and Preston and obviously Tyler, a lot of times we were the only teams that were really kind of like roti- rotating into the playoffs a lot of times. Um, and then when we added the six teams is when Tyler Horde. Uh, has had some phenomenal regular seasons and then gets kind of bounced. And Preston as well. Preston is like the journeyman in our league. Like he literally gets the playoffs almost every year and will lose somehow in the first round game. Like I don't know how it happens, uh, but poor Preston, man. He'll get there and he'll have like really good seasons and then it just kind of like poops out at the end. 
Yeah, he's like the uh, Peyton Manning style Colts can't beat the Chargers in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. I do feel bad. I think he's also good. Go oh, ahead. Sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, if you need another team to watch in our league is Dean. Yes. He's the one that everybody underestimates. Yeah, he will knock you off in a heartbeat. Yes, and it's, it's always on some wild flyer that he has starting that you're like, there's no way this guy's going to even touch the field. It goes off for like 20, 30 points. Abs- no, absolutely. Like I was actually about to mention Dean. That's what I was going to bring up. I feel like Dean represents his Ohio fan base so well. Like he is that guy. Like you're just like, um, you know, he has been in our league every single year. Um, and he just pulls out major upsets. And some years he makes the playoffs and he looks really good. And you're just like, this is Dean's year. And then somehow can't do it. No, I definitely agree with you on that. Cause like, that's how Dean's been. Like, I feel like he is like, um, he's like the Carson Palmer era Bengals. Like that's, that's Dean. Like that's who he is in our league. Like that's what it is. Like he can get you there. And then when he gets there, it just kind of like, oh, or he has like a really good start and then the finish is just like not there, but he'll like sneak out a victory when you're like trying to get into the playoffs. And knock you out of the playoffs. Yeah. Like he's that guy. You have to be careful with Dean late in the season if you're looking for a playoff push. You have to get a good record going early, otherwise Dean will knock you out. Oh, absolutely. Um, Jordan, let's go ahead and jump in and talk a little bit of fantasy here. Uh, this segment each week is kind of where we're going to be at fantasy football wise. Uh, the top scorer right now, I'm sure you can guess who the top scorer is in fantasy points right now. If you're doing a regular ESPN standard league, um, we do PPR uh, and I can bring up our, our, which is actually pretty cool. I can actually bring up the pros versus Joe's to see who has the most points, which I'm pretty positive. It actually changes in pros versus Joe's by the way of who the top is. But if you were in a, ESPN Standard League, who do you think the top point scorer is overall? Right now, top point scorer, I would probably have to go with Russ, Russell Wilson. He is balling. Uh, if, if I'm going anybody other than Russell Wilson, then I would probably have to take a wild, wild flyer. Probably Pat Mahomes more than likely. One of those two. In an ESPN standard league right now, Alvin Kamara is the top scorer. Okay. Um, with 106.8 fantasy points, Russell Wilson is number two, uh, and then Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, and Dak Prescott. In our pros versus Joe league, we have a few extra point things that we add in. Um, I always reward people like quarterbacks that throw for over, you know, 300 yards in a game or 400 yards. Like you get an extra point for that. Um, that's always been something that we kind of have built into our system as well. Um, our top scorer right now is Russell Wilson, who is AJ Allison's uh, quarterback. So um, AJ sitting pretty with 131 points from Russell Wilson. I don't know if he started. I think he didn't start him this past week. I really don't. Um, so I'm sure AJ, and you know AJ as well as I do. Um, he right. just uh, he probably is kicking himself about it. But Josh Allen, number two, uh, which is uh, that's Trey Price's quarterback, and then Kamara's three, who I have. That was my first round pick. Um, Kamara's been phenomenal. If you watch him against the Packers, I uh, had to root for him and root against him at the same time. Um, but, you know, kind of looking at it, Russell Wilson right now, I, I feel like he's, you know, if the Seahawks had a better defense as a football team, uh, they would be completely untouchable right now. But Russell Wilson uh, taking on Miami this week, uh, is there another, like, is it is it a no-brainer to start him? If you don't start him, then I'm not sure what you're doing. <laughs> Uh, and I'm saying that as I play, I play fantasy. I'm in currently 
I want to say probably four leagues, I think five maybe. I don't know. It's a lot. Uh, most of my lineups look pretty much the same. I yeah. just like, well, if I draft one roster, then I only have to play it once. Yeah. Uh, I also play deep, like daily fantasy with FanDuel. I'm not condoning gambling by any stretch of the imagination. It's just fun for me. Uh, right now, Russell Wilson is who I'm taking in any in any game period. I may start him on a bye week. He is an MVP form, and this is his year to win the MVP because I think he has a monkey on his back. He's never won it. He's always been in the conversation, but never crossed that hump. This is the year for him to cross that hump. You start Russell Wilson. Absolutely. I agree with you on that one. Uh, we'll take a look at the top five scores here. Uh, on in the quarterback position, Russell Wilson. We already said we'd start him. Josh Allen versus the Raiders. Um, that one would be a tough one for me to say start him. I would have to say, uh, depending on who you have, if he is your number one, still go with them. Um, but if you might have a better matchup later on down the line, uh, say, I mean, depending on, um, say you have like a Jared Goff as your backup taking on the Giants, or even like Joe Burrow versus the Jaguars, I might take that over starting Josh Allen this week. But if you don't have a great backup, keep him in there. Mahomes versus New England, that'll be a great matchup. Uh, that's our third quarterback there. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I thought he was going to struggle against the Ravens. He didn't. What do you think? If you're a Patrick Mahomes owner right now, uh, what, are you, what are you doing with Mahomes taking on New England? Uh, I mean, Mahomes is going to Mahomes. That's just how it is. He's an MVP. He just got that massive payday. And he's out of just throwing the ball. He's actually playing quarterback. He's dangerous. You have to watch him. And he's got the arm uh, that's only compared to by Josh Allen. You have to play Mahomes until he gives you a reason not to for consecutive weeks. Absolutely. Uh, Dak Prescott versus Cleveland. Kyler Murray versus Carolina. Who are you more favored to uh, start in that matchup? Uh, Kyler Murray's got the feet. That's, that's almost like a pick for me. Uh, I like Kyler Murray because he can. He's a dual threat, like straight by the definition. Uh, he can run just as much as he throws. Uh, I'm looking in our league right now. He's averaging 29.4 points a game in our PPR league. So, I mean, standards obviously going to be a little bit different, but not too far different. Uh, I like Dak Prescott, but with me, Dallas's offense is too shaky for me. You never know who's going to play. Michael Gallup really hasn't had that breakout game that they're expecting yet. Uh, I like C.D. Lamb. I expect him to pull a Justin Jefferson very soon and have his breakout game. Then Amari Cooper's almost automatic. Yeah. So, but with Dallas, they have Zeke. Uh, and then with Carolina, or uh, excuse me, uh, the Cardinals, rather, uh, they just traded a second-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins, who's averaging about 15 catches and 150 yards a game, roughly. Don't quote me, but without, with that target, with Larry Fitzgerald, who is a catching machine, you have to. Yeah, I mean, I'm playing Kyler if I'm picking between the two. Okay, I like that. Uh, top five running backs here, Kamara, Jones, Elliott, Dalvin Cook, and Jacksonville running back James Robinson. Uh, Kamara versus Detroit seems like a no-brainer. Um, Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott, and Dalvin Cook. Let's go there. I'll do a uh, stardom, sit em, um, or let's go. How would you rank it here, running back one, running back two, and if you had to put them in the flex here between – uh, Aaron Jones versus Atlanta, Ezekiel Elliott versus Cleveland, Dalvin Cook at Houston. Who would you start RB1? Who would you start RB2? And would you put Dalvin Cook? And let's put James Robinson in there as a flex option as well. Dalvin Cook, James Robinson, uh, James Robinson at Cincinnati. Um, how do you how do you put those four guys? What would you do? 
So with me, I'm playing Zeke because he's playing Cleveland. Uh, yeah, they have a pretty they have a pretty good front front four in Cleveland. However, after you get out of the front four, the the, the linebacker core hit or miss, no pun intended. Um, and their secondary is good, so they're going to rely a lot on Zeke. I feel like in Dallas or in that Dallas Cleveland game, I'm, I mean he he got like you. We've all read his stomach on the first Sunday night football game. Feed feed me. They're going to feed Zeke. That's how they that's how they're going to win the season and how they're going to. I have them winning the East, to be quite honest. Uh, Dalvin, he's been hit or miss, man. Uh, I like James Robinson over Dalvin. Wow. And then, I do too. Yeah, I like James Robinson. He's an undrafted free agent, and he walked into a phenomenal position with the trading of Leonard Fournette. And and I hate to put it, COVID really helped James Robinson with the <laughs> opt-outs. Yeah. I mean – most people are hate COVID. James Robinson right now is thinking is thankful for COVID. Uh, and then Aaron Jones, man, he's looking at his game log now. He's solid. I mean, he scored forty six points against De- against Detroit. So if that tells you anything. With Aaron Rodgers on the team, and he's scoring forty six points. I'm if I'm if I'm ranking them, I'm going Zeke, Aaron Jones, and I'm flexing James Robinson, Dalvin. I'm sorry, I'm sitting here this week. All right, sounds good. Let's move into the wide receivers. Another big portion here. Calvin Ridley, top scorer right now in a standard ESPN league. Tyler Lockett sitting at second. DeAndre Hopkins, third. Stephon Diggs, fourth. Tyreek Hill, five. Uh, Calvin Ridley, they're at Green Bay this week. Tyler Lockett at Miami. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, they're at Carolina. Stephon Diggs, they're at Las Vegas. And Tyreek Hill, the Chiefs are hosting the Patriots. Um, same con- concept here. Who's WR? Who's your receiver one, receiver two, uh, and who you jump in if you throw a receiver in at flex out of those five? Out of those top five, I'm going. I'm. I mean, I'm playing Lockett hands down. You're playing Miami, so really you have an extended bye week. Let's call it what it is. Uh, and then I'm playing really two. If I'm going to flex Hopkins, Diggs. I'm going to flex Hopkins because, like I said, Hopkins is playing at 15 yards, roughly 100. 50 yards a game when in a PPR league right now, Lockett is averaging 24.6 points. DeAndre's averaging 24.5. So they're pretty yeah. much identical. Uh, I like the matchup against uh, Miami. The only downside on that, which I don't really think is a downside is DK. Yeah. He's a flyer like no pun. Again, no pun intended because he's really good at running straight and with Russ in MVP form. You never know. I like Lockett because he's consistent. All right, man. I, so, me, I'm going Lockett, Ridley. I'm flexing DeAndre. I'm sitting Stephon Diggs. Okay. I like that. Anybody that you're keeping an eye on, I, I know you just mentioned DK Metcalf, that matchup against Miami. Anybody else uh, you feel like could have a, a kind of a, maybe something that's under radar right now that uh, you feel is a, is a must start? A must start? I know the Giants aren't too great right now, but with Sterling Shepard being put on IR for the rest of the season, you got to look for Darius Slayton. He's always a play. Uh, again, I, I mean, without that other wide receiver, you know, pulling coverage away, I still like Darius Slayton. Uh, if I'm pulling a flyer, if it's a deeper league and you're looking for somebody probably on your waiver wire, I wouldn't look too far past Corey Davis. We've seen Ryan Tannehill throw the ball more lately to open up that run game that, Obviously, Mike Rabel has on his mask as a priority. Please give the ball to Derrick Henry. And they mentioned it the other night. Corey Davis catches first downs and touchdowns. That's about all he does. Yeah. 
So if you're looking at a deep league and you're looking for a waiver wire with the injuries and stuff, I would look no further really than my top three on that, T. Lamb, Darius Slayton, and Corey Davis. Uh, if I'm looking for somebody to fill a slot that obviously is with our injury-ridden season already. Jordan, man, it's been a privilege getting a chance to talk with you, man. I'll try to have you on more fantasy chat. Uh, I know that we always kind of watch waivers. Uh, that's kind of our, our big thing, and uh, we normally text about it. So hopefully, maybe I can get Preston on one time. He, I know he doesn't like to let his secrets cool. go, but um, it would be fun to have Preston talk a little fantasy football. Absolutely. I think Preston would have a, he'd have a weird little flex options in there. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's, his, that's his mantra lately in our league. He, he'll hit you with a flex, and then all of a sudden – he won't make the playoffs, so you never know about Preston. But he, I mean, he's knowledgeable, definitely in da- daily. He's, he's been kicking, he's been kicking my behind in some daily lately. So he, he, he has some good game day decisions. He's he's the Mike Martz, I feel, of our league. He's just very intelligent, he's man. He's very intelligent, he and he watches a lot of like little things that we might not pick up on during the week. Like, I mean, he literally will text me before I even get the update. This because we were playing each other this week, and he would text me before I get the update, and he'd be like. Uh, Devonte Adams didn't practice again, and I'm like, oh, well, dang, I haven't even been able to look at it yet. What's going on? So, um, you know, just uh, I know he watches a lot. He's, I feel like he's like a student of fantasy football, if you can say that. I tell him all the time he's the dumbest smart person I've ever met. I can agree with that. All right, Jordan, thanks so much for joining me, man. I appreciate it. Uh, I I look forward to getting a chance to talk with you again here in the future, uh, a little bit more about fantasy football. Maybe we'll talk about the Madden League um, if I can start winning some games. Hey, you're not too far out of the playoffs in Madden. Just keep that in mind. Oh, that's a lie. Um, all right, man. Thank you so much. We're going to take our third and final break here. Actually, I think it's only our second break. Maybe it's our third break. I don't know. We're going to take another break. It's our final break. When we come back, Justin Kleiner joins me on the phone. Uh, we'll be talking about the NFL through three weeks. Hope you guys join us. Hey guys, thanks for joining me this far into the podcast. Don't forget you can catch us on social media. Just head over to Twitter and find me at underscore Talking Schmidt or on Facebook at Talking Schmidt Podcast. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, everyone, welcome back to our final segment of Talking Schmidt. I have my good friend Justin Kleinert on the phone with me. Justin, uh, I guess I need to apologize because I've taken time to... Uh, do other things, doing the other podcasts with Coach Shelby, uh, trying to like, you know, do other things, watch film, and it's been cutting into talking Schmidt time. So I need to apologize to start off with you here because I'm sure you're going to tell me something um, that I need to either balance my time better. I don't know. You put it in your words for me real quick. (laughs) Well, I'll say this. Great to be back. A pleasure as always. Uh, that said, uh, you really owe my wife an apology. Uh, you know, nobody <laughs> loves to hear themselves speak as much as me. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I almost dabbled in starting a political podcast during this break that we've had. Okay. Uh, so luckily, you know, we were able to come back tonight and start it over. So you need to need to apologize to her because I was really itching to start some kind of podcast during the downtime. But uh, you know, unfortunately, I didn't want to get into that cesspool. So I'm just going to stick to sports. All right. Well, Amanda, I am sorry that I had your husband thinking about other things when he knows he is a strict uh, guest on Talking Schmidt. I don't know what he was thinking. So uh, let's roll there. Justin, NFL season um, has been quite entertaining, honestly, to start off with here. I've been I've been really fired up kind of looking at uh, what we've seen in the NFL. Um, I, I've been I've been excited. I think mainly the reason why I'm excited, because if you know this about me, I'm a huge Packers fan. 
and Green Bay started three and zero, so that's a big big thing for us here. But also locally, um, you know, we're all in the Tennessee area, and the Titans starting off three and zero has been like just a an awesome moment because um, it's I mean it hasn't happened since what two thousand and eight. That was the last time that the Titans have had such a phenomenal start. Correct, two thousand eight. If I remember correctly. That was a team that ended up going 13-3, and three, uh, led by Kerry Collins. That was a great team that lost at home, I think, in the first or second round of the playoffs to the Baltimore Ravens. Um, couldn't convert a third down. Aaron Kenny tight end dropped the ball. So, But, you know, anyways, uh, I'm not going to hold any grudges. <laughs> um, but uh, that said, um, you know, heck, I, I mean, good, well, Aaron Kenny, it wouldn't have been him. He's probably driving around in his car right now listening to the podcast. Yeah, and hopefully he's like, damn, I got thrown under the bus five years after I retired. But anyway, it was some guy out there. I can't remember who it was. I'll, I'll look it up and, and, and correct it for the sake of conversation. But that was a really, really good Tennessee team. Uh, you know, like you said, they are undefeated now. Listen, huge Titans fan. I want to see them do well. Uh, they got the gauntlet coming up with the Steelers uh, and the Bills right after that. Those are both undefeated teams right now. Um uh, Hopefully we'll change that, uh, but you know I, I'm not bought into the Titans right now. Uh, you know I'm still going to say that Goskowski's the best kicker of all time. Uh, if you would have asked me week one against Denver, I don't know that I would have said that. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad to see that he's back to uh, his New England era form. Uh, you know, but that said, you know the Titans at three and zero, they could very easily be zero and three right now. Uh, so I'm not really buying into them right now. Again, as a fan, yes, uh, I'm bought in. <laughs> I think it's their year uh, until I watch Kansas City on Monday night, and I'm just like, <laughs> well, hell, it's nobody's year except Kansas City. Uh, but back to the Titans, yeah, I mean, they could, they are three and zero. Very easily could be zero and three. But again, uh, at the end of the at the end of the day, uh, a win is a win. It doesn't matter if it's by one point or by thirty. Yeah. Um, a win is a win, so it does count. They are three and zero. They've kind of hit a little bit of a roadblock this week with uh, what's going on with some testing. Uh, talked to some people in the national area that know a little bit about the team. Uh, they've got a really good plan going forward. Uh, they're working with the NFL to follow all the procedures, the local health departments to get everything in line. They're going to do some drastic testing for the players. Uh, but those, those Titans players this week are going to have it tough. The plan is right now is to have a walkthrough on Saturday and play the Pittsburgh Steelers at home in Nissan Stadium on Sunday, uh, which is going to be a tall task for those guys uh, because it's just you can correct as you make mistakes. Even if you did a walkthrough all week, you can correct those mistakes on film. Uh, really hard to do with just one walkthrough on Saturday. So we'll see how they respond. Uh, but I think this will give other teams a blueprint on how to do things if this win and if this does become an issue down the road. Absolutely, yeah. Um, the Vikings will obviously have to do the same thing. Um, we'll see how they respond, though, because they haven't responded to anything this season. So um, going through here, looking at some of these undefeated squads right now, the the top undefeated teams that are remaining, obviously there's going to be a long list um, of teams. The Buffalo Bills in the East, 3-0. and Pittsburgh Steelers, 3-0. and uh, the Titans three and zero, Kansas City three and zero, Green Bay three and zero, Chicago three and zero, and then Seattle three and zero. Out of the AFC side of it, we kind of talked a little bit there about the Chiefs. Um, who's the most impressive three and zero team that you've seen in the AFC, and who do you feel is the most uh, kind of shocking that they're there at three and zero? Oh my goodness! So there's a lot of false three and zero Chicago Bear fans. Uh, 
that's a false three and That is not a good football team. Uh, so now that we've got that out of the way, uh, we'll go on and talk about the good things. Uh, right now, Kansas City in the AFC is obviously, after watching, you know, they kind of struggled against the Chargers in Week 2. They bounced back in Week 3 against the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens don't look good. Um, Lamar Jackson said after the game, uh, they did the exact same thing on defense that Tennessee did against us in the playoffs. Um, so there is a book to beat the Ravens, and Greg Roman needs to get to work uh, to figure that out. Uh, but again, I mean, Andy Reid just continues to set the bar for play calling. Uh, he actually accomplished something on Monday night that hasn't been done since uh, Keyshawn Johnson was playing in the NFL, and that was a touchdown caught by a number one overall draft pick. Fisher from the Chiefs was drafted back in 2013, number one overall in the draft by the Chiefs, and he is the first number one overall draft pick since Keyshawn Johnson to catch a touchdown pass in the NFL. So just uh, just a little fact there. So if you're sitting at a bar or watching a game with your buddies and you want to throw out some random knowledge, you have that now. Uh, Mahomes looks great. I mean, the, the dude is just – the dude is a straight baller out there on the field. The throws he makes, you know, he was blitzed 18 times on Monday night. Uh, on those 18 blitzes, he went 15 of 18. Um, his field vision mixed with his talent that he has is just incredible to watch. They're going to be a tough team to beat in the AFC. Again, the Titans have seemed to have had their number the last few years. Uh, so we'll see how it pans out and how the teams progress in the season. Titans secondary is going to have to get a lot better before they can even, you know, talk about even playing in the same stadium as the Chiefs. Uh, but pretty much in the AFC, I, I think you're pretty much looking at Kansas City. Uh, Buffalo look, does look good. Josh Allen has played well over uh, you know the last season and the, the first few games this year. He looks really good. Uh, Buffalo seems like they may be the real deal, but we'll see how they get further on in the season. You know, they still have to play the Patriots twice. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> when you jump over to the NFC, uh, the NFC East is an absolute disaster. Absolutely. It always is. Uh, I mean, it's just pathetic. I don't even know why they even let them in the playoffs. Uh, but if you look over there, your cream of the crop in the NFC is obviously the Seattle Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers. I hate to say it because I said this was going to be a down year for the Packers because of the floor. I said it's going to be a down year for Aaron Rodgers. <clears throat> and on draft night, back in April, when they drafted Jordan Love, Obviously, Aaron Rodgers was not lying when he said he poured him a three-finger tequila, and he decided then he was going to come out and he was going to kick everybody's asses here in the <laughs> NFL, and he was going to prove to the Packers why they were wrong. Yeah, uh, Lafleur could sit back and say, you know, you know, years from now if they do are able to go on and win a Super Bowl, that they did this to help motivate Aaron or whatnot. Uh, that I think that's complete BS. But uh, he, he's playing really great right now. Uh, I think of the first three weeks, uh, they've scored over 120 some odd points in yeah. the first three weeks. Uh, so they look really good. Um, I think the Seahawks, though, I think Russell Wilson has all but sealed up the MVP this year. Absolutely. Uh, I know it's I know it's early in the season, uh, but their defense is so bad. They're going to be in a lot of high scoring games, uh, and him and DK Metcalf just have incredible chemistry. Uh, so I think they're going to be dangerous in the NFC. Uh, but again, if if a team is going to compete with them, it's going to take somebody like Green Bay, who has a great play caller in Matt LaFleur and a 
just exceptional quarterback. But I, I think he's pretty much sealed up the MVP. And I think those teams are going to fight it out in the NFC. I, I think ultimately you'll see a rematch of Super Bowl one. Uh, and if all things go well for Kansas City fans, they'll avenge that Super Bowl one loss to the Packers, <laughs> uh, much to your chagrin. Uh, yeah. But that's kind of my prediction now after what's going on. Again, that that is my sports take, profe- you know, semi-professional opinion on that. You know, I, I think as a fan, I think the Titans are going to go to the Super Bowl and win it. Uh, but that's because I'm a fan of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, but when you take an aerial view of it and take your fandom out of it, uh, I think you're really looking at a, you know, Packers Chiefs Super Bowl, uh, you know, barring some kind of significant injury uh, that we would hate to see to any of those three teams four mentioned. All right, let's let's get in a few storylines here. One storyline we you kind of mentioned the Bears, and you, you say it's a fluke right now. And obviously, as a Packers fan, I agree with you. But kind of looking at it, I just think that there's a lot of like weird question marks uh, about that Bears team. One of those being the fact that Nick Foles came in, replaced Mitchell Trubisky, um, and they're still saying, "Well, we don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be this week." Do you buy that, or are you saying this is an absolute lie? They know it's Nick Foles. Uh, you can't pull as an NFL coach and really a coach at any level, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, who your quarterback's going to be, uh, you, you can't sit there and tell me you don't know who it's going to be, uh, because they know, um, they may not want to share who it is. Uh, but they knew when they traded for Nick Foles to bring him from Jacksonville to Chicago, they knew that at some point this season, uh, either through injury or through poor play, um, that eventually he would replace Trubisky in, in some shape or form. Again, yeah. whether through injury or poor play, they brought him there to rally that team when need be. Um, they felt the need was this was this past Sunday to bring him in. And, and I think once you pull the trigger on that, and again, this could be poor coaching as well. I'm not going to take that out of the, <laughs> out of the conversation at all. Uh, but that's probably a deeper topic for another time. Uh, but if you bring him into your organization and you play him, you're pretty much saying you're done with Mitchell Trubisky, which means he's not going to play again this year unless something happens in the falls injury-wise or poor play. And at that point, if that happens, I think you're looking at the coaching staff has done it in Chicago. Nick Foles has done it, so is Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, the biggest problem with the Bears is, even though he was pulled for Nick Foles, Trubisky was still their leading rusher for the game. And that's a problem. So they got a lot of issues they have to address, defensive side of the ball and on the offensive side. Trubisky is not their problem. Uh, their problem is poor offensive coaching and poor coaching overall. Uh, and uh, But I think they're pretty much stuck. They're married to him, uh, and they're going to have a tough go in that division uh, because even though Minnesota's down, uh, that team was it. Zimmer's going to have some fight in them. And don't count Matt Patricia out to win you know two or three games this year. And one of those will probably be against the Bears at some point. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. All right, last NFC storyline uh, to look in before we move over to the AFC and well, a duel, and then the AFC um, NFC East. Who do you think wins it? Oh my goodness! Let, let me get my dartboard out and just throw at it. <laughs> uh, it's a terrible division. Okay, I've already said that. I think everybody agrees. Uh, you've got the Washington Football Team. Um, I don't think Dwayne Haskins is our answer there. I hate to say that because uh, I just don't know if he's been given a fair shake with the coaching staff and stuff like that. He may still need another year. Maybe he's the guy. I don't know. Um, 
they're they're not more than a five win team. Uh, the Eagles have just completely fallen apart. Carson Wentz looks terrible. He has happy feet in the pocket. He dances and bounces around. Um, he doesn't look very confident in his throws. Um, they're just they just look awful right now. Uh, you know they're o two and one, and they're only a half game out of first in the NFC. Uh, so if that just shows you how bad that division is, that, that's pretty terrible. Uh, the Giants, uh, Daniel Jones is getting close. Uh, again, I, I don't – I feel for the people in New York. I know these teams play in New Jersey, but I feel for the people in New York and New Jersey who are fans of these teams. Because uh, not only have they had piss-poor leadership throughout the last four months, uh, but now they have to watch their football teams go out there and get their ass kicked every single Sunday – uh, and that just, I completely feel awful for those people because uh, those two teams are awful. Again, it didn't help losing Saquon Barkley. Yeah. I think he buys them, you know, four or five wins every year. You mix that in with some decent play from Daniel Jones, and you can have a six or seven win team. Uh, but they're just not going to have that this year. Uh, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they finish up. They're, they're a really bad football team. Uh, and then you have Dallas. Okay, obviously Dallas is the favorite. They were the favorite before the season. They were, they're the favorite after three weeks. They'll be the favorite at the mid-season point. Uh, up until somebody, up until they're two games out of first in that division, they're going to be the favorite to win it. Uh, they'll figure out a way to get it together. Um, but I think this just shows you, and I've said it, uh, you know, their, their problem was not their coach. McCarthy has not solved the problems that they thought they had. No. Uh, you know, he they haven't improved from Jason Garrett. I mean, Jason Garrett, I think, is just as a competent coach as Mike McCarthy. I mean, honestly, Mike, Mike McCarthy probably costed Aaron Rodgers at least one, if not two more Super Bowl rings. Uh, so that said, I, I don't think that's an improvement at the head coach position. But again, that's somebody that has to be able to work with Jerry Jones on a daily basis. And you're not going to have a lot of guys signing up to do that. Yeah. Uh, they're probably going to win the NFC East, and I, I think the way it'll end up is they'll have the best quarterback play out of their division. Uh, but they're kind of just going to be the tallest midget, you know. At the end of the day, you know, it's uh, you know, they're not going to be great. Uh, but they're going to be a decent team, and they probably going to lose. They'll make wild card weekend. Uh, the play, you know, obviously they'll get the automatic bid because they'll win their division. Uh, but it's going to be it's going to be an eight or nine win division champ this year. I mean, I, I may even go as far as seven wins. And the seven wins sometimes that's all you need to win the East. Uh, and the next question for you is uh, comparing the the transition for Cam Newton from Carolina to New England and the former New England Patriots quarterback Tom Brady down to Tampa Bay, old Tom uh, Tampa Tom, right? That's what they're calling him down there. Um, <laughs> who do you think's had the better uh, the better thing? They're both two and one right now. Who do you think's transitioned better into their role as QB one in their new in their new homes? I mean, it's tough. I, I don't know if you can look at it as a comparison between you know Brady and Newton. Um, I heard a good analogy. Um, early on in the season uh, that I thought was pretty good. It's kind of like a divorce. Uh, and you're kind of looking at it like who won the divorce. Did the husband win the divorce or did the wife win the divorce? Uh, and I think that's kind of what you have with Belichick and Brady. Uh, I think long-term, Belichick's obviously going to win uh, because his coaching career can go a lot further than Brady's playing career. Uh I think short-term Brady may win. Um, I, I think you're seeing both quarterbacks play really well. Uh, Tom seems to be getting in his groove down there in Tampa. 
uh, and with an offensive guy like Bruce Arians, they're going to have success. Uh, after the way the Saints look on Sunday night football, uh, that division does kind of look like it may be Tampa's for the taking. Um, but, again, you know, no matter where Tampa finishes, you know, I think you'll have two teams come out of that division in the playoffs, especially with uh, an extra team being added in both the AFC and the NFC. Uh, so I think they'll make the playoffs for sure. Uh, I think, again, Brady will win short-term, Belichick will win long-term. Uh, Newton, a one-year deal, I think, you know, he looked better than what people thought he would uh, in the first, you know, week or two of the year. Um, and I think you've seen this past Sunday a lot of inaccuracy on his downfield throws. That's why you've seen Joshua Daniels kind of change up the game plan to just dink and dunk it down the field. Uh, you're seeing a lot of inconsistent mechanic issues, which has been the knock on Newton. I mean, for the last decade, I mean, he's just his his accuracy issues, his mechanics. Uh, again, he he gets his feet moving around. He doesn't square his shoulders up. You know, just a lot of mechanics issues that he does well when he focuses on them. Uh, but when he doesn't focus and he can't just be the best athlete on the field at that moment, you know, it all goes out the window. Uh, so I think he'll do fine. I don't know if he's going to get to the point where he'll get that second contract with another team or, you know, re-up with the Patriots, but it could be too early to tell. Uh, but, I mean, you know, good for him for being able to come back from this injury. Uh, you know, I think if he can get the Patriots in the playoffs, he'll probably be comeback player of the year, uh, which would be well-deserved, especially coming off his injuries that he's had. Uh, so I think all have done well, respectively speaking. Uh, but, again, I think as far as short-term success, Brady's going to have the most short-term success. But overall, I think Belichick, uh, if he can get the right quarterback, you know, he could he could coach for another 10 years. That's true, and that's a scary thought for a lot of uh, AFC uh, AFC East fans. Uh, final question for you here: Who's more surprising at the record that they're at? The Las Vegas Raiders at two and one, or the Steelers being three and zero right now? Oh man, that's tough. Um, <clears throat> not surprised on the Steelers because again, anytime you can have a elite quarterback play. Uh, and with, I think the way Roethlisberger's performed coming off of the injury he had, uh, him and Tom would have done great so far this year. Uh, I think they're going to get their first loss either Sunday or Monday whenever that game's played in Nashville. Uh, I think the Titans will find a way to win that game. Um, I think the Raiders are definitely more surprising. Um, I think uh, Marcus Mariota getting put on the IR and not being standing right there behind uh, Derek Carr has helped him kind of loosen up and know, okay, I'm not going to get benched for Peterman. I may have gotten benched for Mariota. <laughs> uh, so he's been able to kind of loosen up, let it flow again. He, he's another year in with John Gruden. Um, I still don't think long term he's the answer out there, but definitely more surprised with the Raiders' success this far into the season. Um, but I think it, it'll be short-lived. They're in a very deep and tough division. Uh, so definitely more surprised with what the Raiders have been able to do recently. All right, man. I appreciate you and appreciate you giving your time away here. I, I know you're a, a busy man. You're watching the debate, so <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and let you go. But, man, thank you so much for joining me again on the, this uh, on the podcast, and we'll look to get it back going weekly. I, I just have to make some time in my schedule here. You bet. Pleasure as always, Ethan. All right, Justin, thanks so much. Well, that's been another episode of Talking Schmidt. As I mentioned, we're going to try our best to get back here again next week. We hope that you join us then. Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next week.